Hey, Matthew. Yes? You wouldn't be planning on, I don't know, shooting yourself twice in the head and throwing yourself off a building anytime soon, would you? No, why would I ever do that? No reason. Uh, how about exposing yourself to a dangerous nerve toxin? After surviving corona? No. Hmm, good, good. Uh, any other tragic accidents on your schedule? No, Andy. Why are we talking about this? Today's subject, Vladimir Putin. Oh, Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. Hello, I'm still here. And so am I. Take that, Corona. Take that. Uh, none of us had Corona yet, but, you know, vaccines and stuff. We're winning. Woo! Yes. That's what they say. Give me the vaccine. <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. Okay, let's be positive. Let's talk about something nice. Yeah, let's Le be like 140% positive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we are talking about Vladimir Putin today. And why are we talking about Vladimir Putin today, Matthew? Well... He's a swell guy. He looks good on horses. Mm -hmm. Knows how to not wear a shirt. He, he can karate or some stuff. Judo? Oh, I don't karate! Know. I don't even know. I'm not sure even he knows, but like it works in the photo up. <laughs> uh, he also, knows a lot of things. He's an archaeologist. He's a pretty powerful man. Mm. Powerful, intelligent, balding. Oh god, he's coming, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> okay, so why are we talking about Vladimir Putin today, Matthew? What's the real reason? Well, I mean, let's be honest. He's had it coming. He had it coming. He had it coming. And we, we talked a lot about the issues in more or less our democracies. Let's talk about some of the issues in our I mean, non-democracies. Yeah, yeah <laughs> as well. Less democracies is still too much of a democracy. What for do what you mean? Russia what is. do you mean? I get one forty percent of elections. This is not a Russian accent. I I realize. Yeah, I mean. He's been running Russia since... Uh, 2000? Yeah, like since we were kids. Yeah. And I mean, technically, he had a break. <laughs> yeah, where he was, what was it, prime, prime minister? minister? Yeah. Vacation as prime minister. He took a backseat position. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's been a big part of our, you know, political sphere for the last two decades. Yeah. Uh, going on three. Hopefully he won't see a third. Uh, but yeah, he's a pretty important dude. He's also a fucking monster. And I don't know about you, but that was part of the a big part of the reason why I wanted to make an episode on Vladimir yeah. Putin. Because he's a state leader. He's the president of Russia. Uh, and he's a strangely accepted person among, you know, normal people and by that i mean a lot of people are strangely comfortable making jokes about him and you know and not jokes about him like we do with trump because we laugh at trump yeah. but the jokes and you know the the funny stuff surrounding putin is it's a lot less deprecating it's uh look, it's almost look at this cool guy on the horse yeah like huh, he's so weird he's on a horse weird and cool and it's yeah, like yeah, it's not that critical you, you would you would believe he was like you know a hollywood actor that got ended up as a president because he has that you know like you know if it was like uh stallone or schwarzenegger or like where, where you would have that you know oh look at this guy still doing martial arts or look at this guy well matthew they're basically the same i mean ronald reagan came from hollywood Vladimir Putin came from the KGB. It's the same, isn't it? It's a pretty famous place to come from. Yeah, because uh, I think most people probably know this or maybe assume it. But yeah, uh, Putin has uh, he has a serious background in the KGB. He was like a spy or something. That's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, a spy. <laughs> That's a very nice word yeah, for was, a fucking murderer. Like James Bond or some shit. Yeah. Uh... But yeah, um, that's why I wanted most to talk about him, because yeah. we've kind of gotten used to having this evil bastard around. He's also, in a way, I would say, the most famous populist leader, in a way. 
because you know if you compare i mean sure russia being russia and everything going on a lot of things are different but if you compare him to like you know either other you know state leaders like you know xi jinping or they, they tend to act more like chipu chipu please statesman's like like you know they're doing their politics they're doing all the things but you know putin he's the guy who you know sit and interview people on tv come with some quippy jokes has his own theme song i don't know like he's i'm not saying like he's like trump because trump needed these things for his insecurities for all of these things but like putin in a way feels like what trump could be if trump didn't fall under the weight of being trump yeah i mean trump has a cult of personality around him uh, and so does putin uh, and you know trump uses populism to uh, the, the the big difference between them i feel is that trump uses uh uses populism to you know keep his staggering ego standing he is like one bad joke in at his expense away from just breaking apart while putin uses populism as a much more refined political tool because if you look at the average russian person and we should note that uh you know much like the usa uh, russia is heavily heavily influenced by propaganda like the states it's uh are you saying that not all russian people are one caricature <laughs> that we can easily define in our hollywood movies yeah i mean they're under heavy pressure from propaganda and have been for a lot of years but i don't think it's untrue to say that he's a pretty popular president among a sizable portion of the population i mean i would i would agree with you to a certain degree but also say that right now that's a really interesting thing because he's been struggling a bit lately yeah there, I mean, there's been some uh, chinks in the armor and i mean like any authoritarian dictator you'll have periods where things will yeah, you know get dicier and um, i mean in a way but because like if we think about from you know 2000 until yeah almost now kind of kept it going pretty well i mean some of that was because the economy was great that always helps uh but uh a, the economy has been hurting a bit, especially since the sanctions that came after Ukraine. Mm. But also, there was this... Uh, the opposition in Russia is... Well, there's the actual opposition and then there's the false opposition. But they went with this plan at the... I think it was the local elections, in which they basically did that, you know, the... We're not even going to think about running a candidate. We're just going to make, you know, vote for the non-Putin guy, no matter who that is. And that sounds familiar. It actually led to a couple of big places flipping. And, you know, I think one of the big things in what you would call them, like, long term. What do you mean flipping? Like like uh, Putin's party not winning the okay. the... I mean, I'm not sure what. I mean, this is like a yeah, local. I just, just want to clarify that that was what yeah, you meant. It's it's on the local level, so I'm not sure if it's like you know uh, a mayor or like what would be the correct terms. But you know, when you have this election that tends to seem every time like they always go the same way, and then suddenly you get this oh, people are going out, they're voting, and things are changing. That's kind of a scary thing to have in a country that attempt to control the votes. Yeah, I mean, Russia's always been an authoritarian country, but maybe I'm wrong, but my feeling has always been, my impression has always been that Putin has tried to, you know, he has tried to solidify his control and you enact his control over the country in a way that isn't as forceful or at least make it seem not as forceful as a full-on, you know, full-on dictator. Um, I've always had the impression that he's he's trying to come off as a slightly more, you know, not mellow, but more, uh, I can't find the word, not accepting, but uh, yeah, he's trying to not seem like 
such a raging dictator. Yeah, it's kind of as he as what he really is. I want to kind of say that he's like a modern Roman emperor in a way. Like he provides bread and circus, and there are pictures of him, you know, in waving to the crowd, and you know, people then think that he is popular. And I think also a big problem with this is that Russia, like some other countries, that doesn't really have a democratic history, like. When you had, you know, dictatorship under the Tsar, because, you know, it was a monarchy. And then you have the time under the Soviets, where everything is controlled, and you know we can't really, you know, do anything. There's no real resistance from within the country. And then that collapses, and within, like, before, and now the, dec- we have an oligarchy. before the decade, it's gone... There's a new institution in control. It's not the same as the old one, but the same rules kind of apply. And I think that if you look at uh, a lot of time when I'm seeing like you know Russian culture or you know interactions from there, it, it, there there's seemingly like you know a hopelessness in all of this. Like you know the people at the top, they are doing their thing, and we can never affect them. Like you know we we often talk about you know what are the things we can do? How can we deal with these issues that we talk about? Because they being so complex, it's so easy to, you know, feel like we can't do anything about it. It's just to give up. And I feel like that has been weaponized really well by the by Putin and the people there, as well as holding, you know, the masquerade that, you know, most people like him. Yeah, I think it's hard to take a really solid stance on that because, yeah, like like you say, it's uh, it's about keeping up an image. That's, you know, all those fun meme pictures of him. That's part of that. And, uh, but then there's the, you know, the real connection some people feel they have to him. And I don't think it's a secret that the Russian people, their culture is, you know, it's it's geared quite different, differently uh, from, you know, ours, for example, the Norwegian culture. They're, or at least the impression they gave off is a much more, you know, macho focused uh, at least on the men men's part you know macho culture and vodka uh, drinking yeah it's hard to put into words but they have this this fighting this image. polar bears yeah like this tough man thing I mean I would argue in some ways that you know their cultural tendencies hasn't evolved in some time like you know if you were to look back at how people view themselves, you know, 100 years ago. And I'm not saying, like, you know, ah, they're this race of, you know, uneducated, unevolved. It's more like, you know, because they've gone through so much shit, they, you know, they kind of lack behind. And then, you know, being a somewhat, I mean, it's been easy for conservative uh, powers to uh, embody those stereotypes and to raise those ideals up like this is what a man is this is what a woman is Uh, and i mean i I think you know probably the biggest difference between you know the putin oligarchy uh, i would argue and you know the soviet regime before them was the 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 full embracement of the orthodox in church yeah uh, that i was gonna say that as well because while most of europe has gone you know dare I say, a leftward direction when it comes to religion. You know, we're getting more and more secular. Uh, Russia, I, I would I'm, say it's the right direction. <laughs> the right direction. Uh, but yeah, the Orthodox, uh, Orthodox uh, Russian Church has gotten a certain grip over the culture and population as well. And that, that combined with the... You mentioned how the Russian state, they've never really lived in a proper democracy. And... Uh, I think over the last century, they've gotten so desensitized to the idea of a good guy. And just imagine, you know, the entire Soviet period, like 50, 60 years. uh, During that period, they were constantly portrayed, and they still are to a certain extent, portrayed as, you know, the stereotypical bad guys. Ah, yes, I speak Russian. I will be the villain of this movie. I must break you. I must break you. Also, I'm actually Swedish. I just got paid to talk like this. If he dies, he dies. 
Did you know Dolph Lundgren is like seriously educated? Yeah, he, oh, yeah. He's got degrees in medicine. I think he's a physicist. That's like the most funny part about all, you know, the extreme physical meatbag 80s action heroes that most of them are actually like really, really smart people. I must teach you to read. <laughs> well, okay. Not all of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I think... Um, I think being portrayed like that and, you know, being being treated the way they, um, I mean, they're given a certain impression from their government as well of how they're being treated by the world community. I think they've really felt that bad guy role, that villain role. Uh, I think that affects the people. When, when you grow up and your parents have grown up under the umbrella of... Yeah, the Russians are bad guys. Feeling like the whole world feels like feels that way, it must affect you and your mentality. And so I think a lot of Russians also have this attitude of, oh, well, you know what? No one here are... There are no good guys. Like, America are always the good guys in movies. Well, not anymore. Uh, but they're also pieces of shit. What they've accused us of doing, they've done themselves. It's just yeah. all a bunch of bullshit. It's and too- once you get that mentality, I can totally see how you'd be like, okay, there are no good guys. So we're at least going to make sure that our bad guy wins because he's on our team. Yeah, it's why people side with Al-Qaeda because they live in that place in the world. So, you know, let's go with the one we know, yeah. not the outsiders. The devil you know. So... That's how we got Putin, and uh, I think also just to follow up on your point that you know Russia is, I mean Putin kind of got or has run on you know the "Make Russia Great Again" slogan, which, which makes sense because the Russia in a way is a very divided country in the way that in some way. It's like really, really old. Like, sure, go to Moscow and St. Petersburg, and you'll you'll get to some really modern places. But Russia's big ass country. There's a lot of places. There's lots of different cultures. You know, it's basically like half the world on the plates. Yeah. Uh, and you know, <clears throat> having you know, I don't want to call it a failed revolution because the revolution existed. But you know, it's this feeling that you know new people they take charge of the country they're going to change things and they don't really change things so in some way they're like stuck in the past still wanting the same things they did 100 years ago you know with roads not being built where they needed lacking infrastructure not having things and in other ways there you know it's this gigantic country that's always you know used to think of themselves as a world power so i think that it's a good climate to create that you know limbo where you are, you feel like you should be running the world, but you also feel like you know something has been taken from you. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Sounds about right. Um, it's a complicated situation, man. Because yeah, I, I like I, I I'm sitting here trying to stop myself from you know talking shit because <laughs> that's I really want to talk shit about Russia, and I know that's wrong because you know. Here in Norway, we're very privileged to not live in a. Uh, I would personally, I'd say we're exposed to propaganda on a very regular basis. Yeah, but it's a different uh, kind of propaganda. Yeah, it's not. It's not authoritarian propaganda. It's it's the devil, tempting you and you know tricking you a little by little. While in Russia, the devil just shoves his hand up your ass and you know, tells you what to do. I think it's like a good way. The way you say, you know, I want to say you know, bad stuff about Russia. And I think the way that I only interacted with so many Russians, but my impression is they would say like, you know, why would you say Russians are bad? We cannot elect Putin. Like they would feel weird that you would, you know, put the, the, the head of the Russian government as part of Russia because they feel like it's not something they can influence. Yeah. And I mean, just look at our, our government, government today. Um, uh, you know, oh dear God. yeah, none of us are fans of our prime minister, Arna Solberg, and the right, you know, the party that's in control of the, in control of the government. Uh, I despise her and her party. And I'm not prepared to, you know, take the blame 
if she were to, you know, announce herself as the Empress of Norway or whatever. I'm not I'm not okay with taking the blame for that. If she like invaded Sweden, nuked Finland and I don't know, gave away Denmark, actually that would be kind of nice. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's not my fault and Vladimir Putin isn't the average Russian's fault. And you know, we know that there are a lot of Russians who really don't like him and want to be free of him. And that's why you get people like uh, Navalny, the uh, opposition leader, uh, Alexander yes. Navalny, yeah. Uh, that's why people like him are disappeared and you know he's he almost uh, he went on a hunger strike almost got 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 himself dead because of that I'm assuming he's gonna get himself dead some way soon uh, yeah it's uh, reminds me a lot though you know if you play ever played Crusader Kings when you <laughs> yeah. get to rule a country and then you like arrest someone and they're in your dungeon and you're like if I hurt them really much Maybe they'll die and all these problems will go away. Give them the oubliettes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Crusader Kings. But, uh, yeah, and I think the finesse of the current Russian regime really are visible when you see how they're basically treated their dissident or their, you know, the actual opposition, how they managed to laugh them away at some points, how they're making tactical arrests, removing them, putting them away, making up, you know, fake charges for, you know, families, taking them out. They're very good at making opposition feel both extremely risky and dangerous and also hopeless. Yeah, and, you know, the the variants of, like, sometimes, you know, journalists just disappears out of the blue, never to see it again. And, you know, other times it's more like, we're going to make a spectacle out of you, but we're not really going to hurt you. We're just going to, like, put you in places where you can't do anything and make other people feel like this isn't worth doing. Yeah, that's a really smart way to go about it because, you know, take the two of us. Uh, I, I, want, I hope that if I were given the choice to do something and I was guaranteed that doing it would change the world in a major way for the better but it would cost me my life i hope that i would have you know the the discipline and you know the the courage to do it cuz i want to do good for the world and like part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because we want to try to do something you know to influence the world in a good way so if i were given that opportunity i hope that i would make the right choice and do it you know, for the sake of, you know, my friends, my family, my son, and just humanity in general. But if you told me that, yeah, you could do this thing, and there's a small chance you might do something, it might affect something, but most likely you're just going to die painfully and your family is going to be left crying. And in a month, no one's going to remember your name because... Logan Paul put a new video up of his asshole on YouTube or something. If you gave me that, I, I gotta be honest, man, I really don't think I'd have that same stalwartness. And yeah, I, I just don't think I'd have the mental fortitude to go through with that. Yeah, the. And that's what they're putting on. The balls on these this people. guy to keep on going. Like. Yeah, holy fuck. <laughs> after you almost were killed. And, you know, you wake up in Germany or whatever he was treated. And we're like, yeah, I'm going back in there. Yeah. Like, he could have chosen any Western country he wanted and asked for asylum. And he would have had that the same day. Yeah. The guy is fucking admirable. The... Navalny. Remember his name. Uh, ooh. Uh, you know. Of remembering. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not him really. But uh, I feel like we should cover what should probably be described as Vladimir Putin's greatest achievement in his tenure. Uh, and that is, you know, the, well, he acquired the president of the United States. Yep. Let's get real here, folks. <laughs> you really think he wasn't involved? You really think Trump doesn't have his ass, you know, cheek deep in Russia? He's told us this. His son went and said, hey, most of our money comes from Russia. 
What do you think is going on there? They have the pee-pee tapes. The pee-pee tapes are real. Uh, but yeah, uh, depending on how how deeply you believe in, you know, the the theories that Russia basically orchestrated the election of Donald Trump, uh, most people agree that they had a finger in the pot. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, Trump winning was only happening because it was part of one, you know, diabolical plan that Putin and his inner circle had, you know, made out. But I, think, oh, no, I think it was I, one of many. I think it's more like, you know, the guy he's running against Hillary. You know, he knows where Hillary stands. They're not good friends. Yeah. The, you know, the sanctions that I mentioned are in function. And uh, tr I think Trump already, I mean, I want to say that even before, you know, one of these Russia things happened that he was already being you know cozy to authoritarian leaders so i definitely think that putin's thought it like you know if we can get him in then maybe you know oh we he's can, uh, i mean grease some hands and uh you know i mean be friends again trump's relationship with russia goes back way before the 2016 election i mean i think ever since like the 80s or something he's had his fingers in different pies over in russia and like i said his family and him himself have confirmed that, yeah, a lot of our money comes from Russia. And, I mean, not to be mean here, but the Trump family isn't really renowned for its, you know, sharp wit and intelligence. I mean, arguably, like, he, he's making sure to keep, you know, the family somewhat Russian, or at least Eastern European. I mean, when it was raining intelligence, the Trump family had umbrellas. They uh, they aren't golden umbrellas. Yeah, they aren't afflicted with wisdom. <laughs> so, you know, with Russia being infamous for you know tricking people into situations where they could be possibly blackmailed after, where umbrellas should have been needed. Yeah, I yeah the PP tapes. Uh, I'm assuming they have something on that fucker. Uh, I mean, it's likely. I don't even think they need to have something on him. Oh, I think no, no, no. The... I don't think they need it, but I think they do have it. Because that's, that's he most, has a financial know, interest in... That's the most extreme thing. And I think that was why, you know, whatever Russia's role in this was, that they were really wanting to make sure that Trump won, because Trump liked that kind of person, that kind of, like dictator but not really a dictator but i'm actually the kaiser here yeah i mean putin is everything he wants to be he's semi-popular i mean he has a strong outward outward image he's he gets to decide how many people are there for the inauguration when the media reports it <laughs> yeah he's uh, feared and fearfully respected like he's a strong man he has almost unlimited power uh yeah he's everything trump wants to be and Trump is like, yeah, he's like, he's a golden sharpie, a cheap tool. And uh, Putin, in his mind, is not that. So it makes sense that he would, you know, be cozying up to Putin and, uh, yeah, people like him. Xi Jinping, that kind of thing. Chi Pu, I'm sorry. Chi Pu. It was that, you know, the fling with Kim. Yeah. Didn't work out in the end. But that felt more like a, hey, I think this guy might be under me on the uh, pe in the pecking order. Yeah. It was... And then they kind of figure out like, oh, uh, this guy's retarded. Oh, shit, I'm retarded. We'll call it quits. It's a draw. <laughs> you stay over Just there. Just like I'll Vietnam. I'll stay over here. And Afghanistan now pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. It's a draw. It's a draw. What are you saying? Running away from us over there? It's a draw. Uh, America. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty insane... Uh, assuming, let's assume here that Putin had a more than minor role to play in the election of Trump. It's a pretty massive accomplishment if he's a Russian asset. Uh, I don't think it... I mean, it hasn't happened before. And I don't... In America, and I don't think it's happened anywhere really in the world before that a the highest elected leader of a country is so deeply in the pockets of another can you think of an example i mean no and i think this goes back to you know like post gunfire a, a big, era <laughs> a big uh, 
you know, big argument when Trump was running was, you know, the classical, you know, ah, you know, this government is so badly run. We need like real businessmen. But, you know, the problem is you put in a businessman, he probably has some international ties. Yeah, I mean, they want... They want to build an oligarchy in the U.S. and uh, want to? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's well on its way, but um, yeah, I feel like this the Russia of today is very much a blueprint of what they want America to become, and uh, you know, develop further from that. And uh, yeah, I think just look at how it's. I mean, fuck. I guess it's natural that it's not spoken about as much because you can't prove it definitely that, you know, <laughs> it was all a Russian plot. Uh, but it still feels strange that, like, yeah, he fucking, he fucking did it. He owned the president of the United States. We can discuss, uh, we can discuss how deeply in his pockets uh, Trump was, but... I think any person who saw Trump speaking in Helsinki, for example, where he basically bent over and offered himself to Putin, anyone who saw that has to admit that this dude isn't, he's not on the level. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, the biggest argument that, I mean, there definitely was some interference in the election, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, a couple of these states, and including America itself, regularly do what they can to interfere in election they have interests in. Oh, yeah, but, sure. But I, I think, you know, the, the biggest argument that, you know, he isn't a Russian plant is that he's too fucking obvious. He's too obnoxious. <laughs> he's sucking up too much to put, like, he's giving away the game. <laughs> I don't, I think... Calling him a Russian plant is the wrong way to go about it. Yeah. He's more like, imagine covering a pig in oil, setting it on fire, and then, you know, having it run into your enemy's base. That's basically what Trump is. He's oh. a pig covered in oil, set on fire. I, I thought you were going to give a more photographic description of Trump. But I, I, I see where you're going. I said pig. He's a yes. fucking pig. And then you have the orange with the fire. But I I think Putin and the Russians, they saw that, hey, this guy's fucking insane. He's crazy and evil. And he can massively mess up this fucked up country. Yeah, and mostly so, that, you know, he's incompetent. Yeah, like, he was... Like, if you can... He was well, a wrench one tossed the, into an engine. One of the great tactics you can do on the, like, political level is to force a country instead of having having the capacity to use its resources externally to have to deal with them internally. And, you know, that's basically what's happened with Trump, that, like, who gives a fuck what's going on in the rest of the world? Our country's falling apart. Yeah, I mean, it's genius, really. I, I mean, you gotta give him credit for, you know, no Russian... Oh, okay, <laughs> Russian set foot no in America, Russian. but... Yeah, no Russian. Uh, but uh, no Russian soldier had to set foot on US, Earth, US soil to... Yeah. You know, God, he'll be able to do it for you. Destabilize that country. And, uh, yeah, he managed to turn turn the country on itself. And I'm not seeing a an easy way out of it. I think we're going to be dealing with the, outco um, the uh, oh, uh, repercussions of this well into the next decade. Oh, I think, you know, next decade is, like, they're lucky if they get away with a decade. So yeah, because of the polarization. But yeah, now he's um... he set his mark in his in the history books already. Yeah, um, it's interesting to see how, because you know, like we said, from to about two thousand and for the first decade or so, everybody was like, "Yeah, Russians are friends again now. Putin's cool. Mm. Hey, they have McDonald's now." And like, oh shit, what are you doing in Crimea? Mm. And I I think that's very interesting how. Basically, what happened in Ukraine, they did that in Georgia in, I think, 08. And nobody gave a fuck. No. They were like, they just marched into a country, bummed it his shit, said, this part is ours. And we're like, yeah, Russia are this great ally that we can continue to deal with. And uh, sucks for you, Georgia. Mm. I remember thinking, gee wizards. It would be gosh darn nice to have a prime minister who you'd 
you know, would speak up against something like that. Nope. That that would have been nice. That's not happening. I, <laughs> I guess he's doing it now when he's in NATO, getting paid that NATO box to yeah, thank talk you, Stolt, down to, uh, the enemies of the states. Mm. But question: Yes, um, what happens after Putin's gone? Because he, I mean, he's in his sixties, I think, late sixties or something. So he's getting up there, and you know, being a dictator. There, you know, there's an expiration date. Uh, either you walk away from the table and you know retire, or you, you know, get ganked or something. What's gonna happen once he's gone? That's interesting. I mean, the big question is how much is Putin running Russia, and I mean that in the sense that it's an oligarchy. There's some really, really wealthy people behind the whale that are pulling some strings. And how much of the strings are they pulling? And how much of all of this is Putin? Because if he is the man and he dies and they don't have, like, you know, plans... A successor? Shit's gonna fall apart. Yeah, it's gonna be chaotic. But if he's actually more of a figurehead that are a good talker and, you know, work more around the people that's besides him they just need to find a working figurehead to replace him with yeah so and, and if they do it well they even manage to do it with a guy who seems like he's the opposite like not Putin 2.0 but you know rather some semi-fake revo democratic revolution and then nothing really happens yeah I mean they could easily install someone who well I don't know let's say I don't know if you think this is realistic but Let's say Putin Putin dies or retires, and let's say he is that figurehead, because, like you said, if he's the guy actually controlling Russia, then anything might happen when he's gone. Uh, but if he's just a figurehead, you know, just a basically a CEO installed by the oligarchs, then what I'm thinking might happen uh, is them, because Russia's had a lot of bad press over the last few decades, uh, century. <laughs> Yeah, they've had a lot of bad press. So I think, and I don't think they care about the gay stuff at all. The the people in charge, I don't think they give a fuck if you're gay, bi, trans, whatever you are, I don't think they care. So I'm thinking one easy step for them to, you know, I don't know, fix the international image of Russia would be to install someone... Uh, what was the word you used? More social democratic, or like? Well, more, not that, but I think they maybe someone a bit softer. They, they, they probably want to do something like that. They try to do in Saudi Arabia with like you know, we're getting in a new guy. He's going around talking to state leaders. Women are going to drive now. Yeah, we having conference. Like he seems liberal, but it's still a dictatorship. Yeah, I'm, th uh, and that's why I brought up the gay thing because I'm thinking. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Russians really don't like the gays. I mean, we know that a lot of them don't, but at the same time, in these situations, once the government, you know, just tilts and puts their support behind something, things can change really fast. So I think if the new president uh, took a more friendly stance towards the gay community, LGBTQ, uh, I think that might be an easy step to take it could happen to... the, the big question then is you know the, the church because having the church on your side is obviously an asset and they're probably serious about the hating gay stuff matthew i'll answer that question for you very easily uh, oh dear me what happened to what happened to priest blah 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 he had a tragic accident fell down got a crucifix in his eyes and fell over and was smite smitten smited by god and then he drowned. Easy, you just accident all the priests. Oh, do you think they really care? I don't think a lot of people really care about the gay thing. The only people ca who care about the gay thing are the people easily tricked. I think the priests are all su- <laughs> I was gonna say something mean. <laughs> They're all sucking each other off and fucking each other in their asses. I mean- Seriously, I sure, think- Sure, but you know, having- having an institution like that backing you. I don't think the church has any power to, you know, fight the government in any way, but I think, you know, giving up 
having you know that you know kind of like pa cheap papacy where, where they like uh, put your leader at the top and makes people support them and use religion as that tool especially in you know a country where you know there's a lot of digitalization there's a lot of conservatism you know, th there's a reason the Republican Party runs on Christianity. Yeah, I mean, it's a very useful tool, I agree. And I I'm just speculating, but that that's something I consider an easy way to, you know, I mean, soften up the impression people have of I Russia. I would say that, like, if the next generation of Russians, you know, the, the, the millennials and under, were, like, super positive to gay people and not religious, they would drop them in a heartbeat. But I think they still it still has value to keep them in the game. Yeah, sure, I mean religion is always a good way to control people. Uh, and to be honest, it's really hard to gauge Russia, I think, because I feel like we're looking looking at Russia through at least one, uh, several filters, really. And without removing those filters, we, don't, we won't get to see what Russia and the Russian people are really like. Uh, I mean, I've been to Russia, I've been to St. Petersburg, and... Uh, yeah, it was. They seem like you know just normal, slightly less smiling people. <laughs> yeah, I figured that out after like two days. That hey, you know why Russians don't smile that much? Because they think if you're going around smiling for no reason, you're a retard. <laughs> so I felt at home. <laughs> I was wondering why people were like giving me weird looks when I smiled at them. Yeah, it turns out they thought I was stupid. I mean, <laughs> I'm not arguing. Uh, also, their school system is fucked. I mean, most countries are. That's the craziest shit I've ever been to. You know, being a teacher, that was weird. Oh, yeah, that's oh. true. You better as a teacher. I've told you about that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah? That, yeah, it felt like, it felt like I was two steps away from a military parade, basically. Yeah, but you know, one of the most important things if you're going to control a country over time is making sure the education is not critical enough and painting the light in the right way for those who are in power to stay in power. Yeah, I mean, we were met by a principal and a principal and someone lower on the totem pole. I don't remember what a position was. What I do remember is that she looked terrified the entire time the principal was there. And the principal spoke, blah, 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 blah. The other woman spoke and, you know, squeaked out a few lines. And then once the principal left, you could see the weight lift off the other woman's shoulders. But the really fucked up thing was in their class. Like, they they ridicule their students. I remember in, uh, in, uh, in one of their civics classes in, you know, I think it was sixth grade or something, uh, the teacher got all the students to rank each other by intelligence, attractiveness, and how nice they were. <laughs> and then you line them up you know, depending on how well they scored in each category. <laughs> and then, you know, he critiqued them. Like, ah, oh, you 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 are the least, least popular in class. How do you feel? <laughs> <laughs> and we were sitting there like, did you translate that correctly? And our translator was like, yes, she's the least popular. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not really funny, but it's it's kind of funny. It was sick. Yeah, it, it feels more like an SNL skit, but yeah, like it's... and afterwards when they were gonna they were gonna send us off with you know a show, so they marched out this uh, you know the seventh grade seventh grader girl, uh, and the principal was like, uh, yes, this is Katya. She like you can see she's very beautiful and very talented, and she will now play for you the flute, and. You could just tell that, wow, this this girl is being groomed for, like, some oligarch's yacht. It was really fucking creepy. Yeah, she's probably in that fancy Putin mansion now with... Yeah, I mean, the first thing, you know, by all means, it's, it's really hard to see, you know, students being ridiculed like that in civics class. But having a seventh grader marched out like that, like, look at our beautiful seventh grader. Isn't she voluptuous and nice? Look at her body. She almost looks like an adult. Now she will play the flute. It was creepy as hell. Russia, man. <laughs> it's like, you know, it feels, you know, I don't want to say, you know, racist, but it feels, you know, stereotypical to see these things. And, uh, you know, that it's like reality is one step way away from a Borat movie. But on the other side... <laughs> yeah, I was, 
I was surprised. I did not think things worked like that. It was weird and creepy. No thank you. Okay, uh, anything else? What else do you want to cover? He's an asshole. I want to say that. Vladimir Putin. Officially confirmed. Yeah, officially confirmed. It's a um, butthole of a man. He's interesting, or he, or you know, whoever is playing behind the scenes, in the in the way they're doing their foreign policy. Because, I mean, sure, one of the like, if we think about this in terms of like a strategy game, like if you if you're giving Russia as a country, you know, you're not going to be invaded anytime soon. That's the true. Getting them nukes is a good thing, but still, it's impressive how they've been, you know, fucking with the EU, fucking with America, taking chunks out of countries here and there. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, the uh, sanctions uh, that were imposed on them after they attacked uh, Ukraine, uh, they hurt them real, really bad. You can, you can tell that the oligarchs were hurt by that. But aside from that, there have been very few actual repercussions from the shit Russia has done. And I want to go back to, you know, you know, we talked about tragic accidents. Uh, they released a fucking nerve agent, a biological weapon in England. Was what what city was it in? Canterbury or something? It was like I don't remember the town, but they released a deadly nerve agent in the UK. And not like, you know... And nothing happened. And, and not like, you know, in a controlled environment when they killed... Like, it was in public. Yeah, they re- released it in a pub. That's like the most likely place to find a Brit. Aside from, you know, a football stadium. Or at the <laughs> at the sharp end of a, a beer glass. <laughs> All fucking glass, yeah, mate. Which is in the pub. <laughs> in a pub, yeah. Uh... Just imagine, just imagine if Sweden had released a nerve agent in Oslo and the prime minister didn't do anything about it. Actually, that sounds kind of plausible. <laughs> that sounds like our prime minister, yeah. actually. But they released a nerve agent, Matthew. A nerve agent. That's a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, and, and the impressive thing is how they're allowed to deny it, but implicitly say that they fucking did it and if you fuck with them we'll do it to you as well that was the most insulting part i mean sure you can poison me and you know destroy the nerves in my body sure do that but don't sit there and go oh no we are just we are just visiting this country uh, this town this random ass town uh, to look at its church spires yes it has 22 steps in its staircase and they shine it every monday it's very special. And it's... I, I think th- this is the impressive thing that Russia does in its foreign policy. They forces you either to swallow your pride in a way and let them off the hook because you have to keep to your ideals and, you know, have due process to keep international agreements. Or you stoop to their level and they get to say, you know, they talk... A, big talk about being high and mighty but they're just like us oh so you don't like us releasing you you think we release weapons of mass destruction in your backyard do you what you going to do about it yeah they're very cheeky yeah they're yeah i i i would be really bad at dealing with russians man <laughs> i really can you i i would probably slap just just smile i would slap just smile Putin and end up dead within like two minutes you just smile and they'll ignore you and think you're not the one they're looking Oof. for my lord putin man i'm i don't i, I don't know if it's the right word to use but i'm so sick and fucking tired of him so i'm kind of excited to see what happens when he's gone because yeah, at least like, it's a, at least it's a change, and you know I, I was thinking about this because you know we were we were plotting out our joke for the opening segment, and we realized like there's not really anything on this guy. Like if you look at Donald Trump, we could like our problem would be which one of the hundred jokes do we make? I mean the guy is a walking joke, but that's the thing about Putin because. I mean, you can always make some jokes about the things he does, but the problem is he runs with it. Yeah. Like, he, he, he rides shirtless on a horse. 
Yeah, he, he releases that shit. People love it. And, you know, he, he poisons an enemy. Uh, he poisons a uh, an ex-agent uh, of theirs in another country. And the, the world is just like, ha, the, the balls on this guy. He's got some cheeks on him, doesn't he? And, you know, people... I, I told you about how someone, uh, I don't remember who, but they bought us uh, salt and pepper. Ah, what salt and pepper? Well, the stuff yeah. you have salt and pepper in. Yeah. And they were shaped like Trump and Putin. And it was so weird to me to receive that as a gift because, hey, you're giving me a gift. You're giving me a figure of an, a walking orange asshole and a mass murderer. And I think people, people should be remembering more often what kind of person we're dealing with when we look at Vladimir Putin, because he's a monster. He's a monster. Yeah, it's like you, if humans can you, be monsters, he's one of them. You you gave the reins of the country to you know an intelligence officer that's job is to remove people that are a problem to you know make accidents happen and yeah manipulation. Yeah, I mean. That's the person in control of one of the most powerful countries in the world right now. And people are making jokes about it. People think it's funny when he goes shirtless horse riding or, uh, you know, uh, slams a hole in one playing golf, whatever. And we really shouldn't be giving him this kind of attention. Our prime minister shouldn't be shaking his hand on the world stage. The... We should be taking a stand against these kinds of people, but we're allowing them to be normalized. Like, think of all the fucking monsters who are world leaders right now. Vladimir Putin. I mean, it's Donald Trump. Probably Tru why they're so good friends. Donald Trump is out. Uh, uh, Duterte in uh, the Philippines. Uh, you got uh, Chipu in Sweden. <laughs> in Sweden, sorry, in China. <laughs> in Sweden, the Would monsters. Like to apologize to our Swedish <laughs> listeners. Chipu, the monster of China. <laughs> <laughs> now Sweden I mean shit ah I missed it fuck but yeah Chipu pre president of China so Sweden now has a wall around its country <laughs> <laughs> the great wall of Ulen or whatever <laughs> the great wall of Bohuslän <laughs> no more cheap alcohol for you yeah <laughs> the wall of Sweden <laughs> <sighs> I think we're good man yeah, well, we're not good. We're not good. We're, we're at the end for now. It's it's so much bad shit we could talk about. That's the problem. Yeah, and you know, we need as soon... We're going to make an episode soon about something so nice and warm and cozy. So yeah, stay posted and, you know, follow us on Twitter and, uh, yeah, check out our episodes. Share us with a friend. And, and we promise we're going to talk about something nice soon. Something nice and cozy. Probably not, but maybe. We will! Kittens! Kittens! So many kittens! Evil kittens? Evil kittens. Nice. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Um, uh, talk to you next time. Yes. Bye.